Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, and in this episode, I'm joined by Sam Chapman. Um, you may know her as one half of Pixie Woo. She's been on this show before. She is a friend, and I wanted to get her on the, on the show to talk about depression. In February this year, she um, did a video on the Pixie Woo YouTube channel, talking about the fact that she had been diagnosed with depression. It was very open, it was very honest, and she was very candid with uh, followers. She then went on immediately to go and do an Instagram Live where she answered any and all questions um, that were sent in by people who were curious about what led up to a diagnosis of depression and more. In this episode, I wanted to talk to her in more detail about all of those things because and you'll hear that Sam agrees with me on this, I do feel that having these conversations, having this very open dialogue about these issues is really helpful and useful. And this is not the first time that depression has come up on the Emma Gunn show. I've spoken about my experiences previously, as have other guests, and the overwhelming response every single time is that it has been helpful to somebody. And for that reason... I'm really pleased to be able to bring you this episode today. Sam talks about what led up to her going and getting help, going and seeing a professional, what she's done since, and the fact that it's actually a good thing in terms of you make sure that you don't revisit those dark places and how it informs living a better life for having a diagnosis of depression. Um, yes, so we talk about all sorts of things. One thing to bear in mind about this episode is that it was filmed, it was filmed, it wasn't filmed, it was recorded on a blisteringly hot day in central London and we were both hormonal. So that gives you an idea of the tangents and the very many roads, cul-de-sacs and whatnot that we go down. But I hope that you enjoy it. I came away from it feeling, you know, when you just have a really good, deep and meaningful with somebody and you just feel really good and centred and Good, good for having done it. That's how I felt, and I hope that that's the experience that you have too. If you listen to this episode and you feel as though you want some resources, um, I will put some links in the show notes that I think you will find useful. Um, and yeah, so I just feel as though the best thing to do is to get straight into it. Here she is, Sam Chapman, on The Emma Gunn Show. Hello, Sam Chapman. Hello, Emma Guns. <laughs> it's still a bit weird when people call me Emma Guns. <laughs> Say your surname. Gunnar Wardner. Guns is fine. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm obviously hoping for the day when I have Axel Rose on the show and I can call it the Emma Guns and Roses episode. Oh, so good. I would listen to that. I would listen to it. I mean, I would listen to it, but I would want. I, I think he'd be fascinating to interview. Yeah. Do you know that on Twitter he only... Hang on, he follows no people. It's brilliant. He's got like something like 4.5 million followers and he follows no one. I just was like, that's amazing. Like the pure ego involved in following no one. But then there are people who only follow one person. Yeah, like Kanye only follows Kim, doesn't he? Yeah. You're missing out, Kanye. Oh, Kanye. Well, I'm sure, do you reckon, honestly, do you reckon he like goes into trending and, ser and searches for himself and sees like latest top stories? 
I'm sure he does. Must do. I'm sure. You have to. Yeah. Kanye would have to. Right. Um, we are going to unpick the topic of depression. Yes, we are. Brilliant. Yes, which is an important <laughs> topic to unpick because uh, you did a video back in February of this year where you talked about the fact that you've been diagnosed with depression. Yeah. And one of the first things you said in it actually was, I wasn't really going to mention it, but actually I think it is a good thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, which I think is 100% correct. Mm. Were you nervous about the reaction to that video? Do you know what? I don't frequently think about what I'm going to say until after I've recorded it. <laughs> so, um, no, I wasn't. I didn't even think about it. You know, if it, was, if it was something, you know, like, for example, when Nick did her MS video, we knew that was going to get a massive reaction. Mm. So that got run past people mm -hmm. to make sure that, you know, she didn't say anything in it that might encourage people to do something unhealthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have yeah, to yeah. be careful with these things. But when I dropped that into my video, I just wasn't really thinking about it. And because I'm not defined by depression, I suppose I didn't realise that it would be such a big thing to mm. put in a video. Yeah. It was just, when you do a makeup video, you kind of have to have, not a hook, but something to talk about mm. other than makeup. Otherwise, it's a bit dry. Yes. You know, and it was something that was going on in my, in my life at the time. And so I felt quite comfortable mm -hmm. to talk about it. It didn't feel like the end of the world to me. I actually felt super positive about it because I knew that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And at that point, someone had said, yeah, something is wrong, but we can work towards getting you in a better place to deal with it. So that was great. I think that's such an, a brilliant place to be in because depression mm. does have a bit of a stigma like yeah, admitting that you have depression but for me and it sounds like for you the second somebody said to me you have depression I thought well I can google that there's something to work totally. on totally and also when you have depression you you know something isn't right with your life but you 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 think it's you mm. you know like I'm sure I used to be a fun person but you're faking it constantly all yeah. the time. You're going every social situation, you're pretending to have fun and, you know, you're pretending to be involved in conversations and you're pretending that you were living your life, but you're actually mm. not. And it's exhausting. It's completely exhausting. I'm so um, hormonal at the moment. <laughs> I'm due on my period and I am forgetting questions the second you say the memo, okay? So I have no idea where we're going with this. Just repeat the question to me. <laughs> we can go wherever you like. Also, me too, to the point where I've just left a meeting where I went, oh, I pulled out my sunglasses case and went, oh, I left my sunglasses upstairs. You had them on your head, didn't no, you? No, worse. They were in the sunglasses case that I was holding. I was, and I just, just sent them a text saying, I'm so sorry for being such a space cadet. It's amazing. It's amazing yeah. what those hormones do to you. Which oh. brings you back round to depression, actually, as it yeah, goes. Yeah, it doesn't. It does in a weird way. Do you think you always had depression? I think I've been on a slippery slope towards depression, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, you know, I mean, we've talked very openly about our childhood. And I think that, that, that when I went to the doctors and then I had to see a, a shrink and talk through it, she said, it's really not a surprise mm. that, that you do have this. Um, so yeah, potentially, but I think that it was worse last year because I couldn't function anymore. Mm. Whereas before I had all these like coping mechanisms that would get me through, they just weren't working. Yeah. And it was, you said in the video, it was a friend said, I'm worried about you. It was I'm Dom. Booking an appointment. Dom Smales said that to me. Brilliant. Dom Smales, previous guest on the podcast. I know. And Dom Smales is such a hero of a man. He really yeah. is. We were actually away for, uh, New Year's. And he said, I'm going to book you. I'm going to book you an appointment when, when we get back. And he did. He booked me an appointment with his doctor. What did you think when he said to you? Did he say, I think you've got a bit of depression? I can't remember how he worded it. Mm. He um, obviously worded it in a way that didn't make you think, screw, go screw yourself, I'm fine. Well, you've met Dom. Yes, I mean, he's just, he's just <laughs> an amazing person. So, no. And he's one of the people that I listen to when he says something like that. He's yeah. known me for well, 10 years now, mm. pretty much. So he would know, mm. I think. And because that uh, journey to a diagnosis, mm -hmm. you knew something was going on, but it was a, an external stimulus, stimuli, yeah. stimu if you like, to mm -hmm. actually get in the diagnosis. Did you have a period then of piecing the, everything back together and going, yep, yeah, this is exactly why? Was it a bit like a movie moment? 
where you had that flashback and you were like, oh. Well, after the diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah, then- yeah, it all made perfect sense afterwards because my behaviour had definitely been very up and down and quite mm. erratic. Like, I look back on some of the things I did and they weren't, they weren't things that I would, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I'd put that on silent. Apologies, <laughs> everyone. I'm now going to um, check mine. Carry on, <laughs> carry on. So, yeah, I... I was definitely free-falling towards that. Mm. So when someone said, when the doctor said, yeah, you've got depression, I was like, okay, it makes sense. And she also told me that anxiety and depression tend to go hand in hand. Mm. So I knew I had anxiety anyway. Yeah, It was just maybe a little bit more of a shock to find out that I actually had depression. Because if I'm honest, I didn't understand what depression was. Mm. I just thought it was a bit of a bit of a sadness, but it isn't that. Mm. It's that kind of like disconnection from everyone and everything and your own life. Mm. And almost like uh I wouldn't say I ever felt suicidal it's a I just didn't care mm. I stopped caring what happened to me you do, does yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah I mean like I just didn't I don't know I just wasn't even thinking about the outcome of situations I didn't care was it a case of just doing the bare minimum just I'll just, just do this and then were you always thinking but I just want to get home Well, no, not really. I mean, because I've always been one of those people that deals with things by throwing myself into work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just worked really hard. But my personal life was in absolute crisis. Mm -hmm. Work was fine. I'll always be okay in work. And actually, there's a bit of a flip with that, but we'll come on to that later. Mm -hmm. But, you know, work, I'll always like channel and work really hard there but my my personal life was in absolute crisis so I split up with my boyfriend at the time and I had this this friend who you know about actually who um who was kind of uh gaslighting me Mm -hmm. and so I was I didn't know whether I was coming or going I was double a double guessing questioning myself all the time and it kind of consumed my life in a really bad way I wasn't able to see past it and it's really internalised as well. I think completely. Even if you try, well, I don't know about you, and I don't want to make this about me, but obviously I have. No, that's fine. Um, I would try to express myself to friends or family and yeah. say, "This is how I'm feeling," and it was like I was talking a different language. So their interpretation of it or how they took it would be not the point I was trying to make, and that made me feel like I was in sort of you know a glass container shouting and. Everyone yeah. could see me but couldn't hear me. I didn't try and tell anyone mm. at all because I didn't know. My mum knew something was wrong. Mm. Nick knew something was wrong, but they couldn't pinpoint what it was. And it's impossible. You know, I'm the kind of person that if if outwardly you see little cracks, mm. inwardly it's like an earthquake mm-hmm. because I'm just really composed all the time. Yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't know. But my mum said, um, you know, when I told her that I had depression, she was like, I knew something. She was so great. She was so supportive because I, I really had kept it all a bit of a secret from her because mm. I didn't want her to worry. And because she'd just lost Brian, our stepdad, mm. I just, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't want to put more on her shoulders. Mm. And she said, yeah, I, I knew something was wrong because you'd come around and you just wouldn't want to talk and you just didn't seem yourself. And every situation I went into, I just wanted to get out of as quickly as possible. Mm. Yeah, I definitely, I can totally relate to that and you said as well in the video a thing about if you'd had the op- there was a point where if you'd had the option to stay in bed yeah. you would have done yeah that, and that was before the diagnosis I'm guessing yeah definitely I uh, there was a lot of times when I would have stayed in bed but I'm a single mum and I don't mm. have the opportunity to do that and you just go into kind of like well let's just let's just get on with it but I wasn't living mm. and I don't think my kids were getting a good experience from me at all well, I was going to ask you that because I can't... I mean, I could barely look after myself yeah. when I was at the worst of it. Mm. And now, today, to be honest. But I can't imagine what it must have been like having to... Well, being self-employed and having two kids. Um, it was really hard and I felt really guilty all the time. But you always experience mum guilt mm-hmm. when you're working as well and when you're self-employed and, and when you're a single mum. Mm. I'm sure dads feel the same way. Um so it was really, really hard, but I just got on with it because there isn't an alternative for me. Yeah. I have to. Um, but sometimes the girls in this office, so the girls at Gleam, my management team, they would be like, um, can you do a dinner on such and such? Can you do a meeting on such and such? And I would just text back and go, 
guys, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown if you put anything else in my diary. Mm. Because they control our diary. So I would look at my phone and get a ping and then there'd be like things going in my diary. And it was just more things that I had Mm. to do. And I could feel myself slipping Mm. into a into a place where I was just I can't process any of this and I'm very worried that I might that I might be on the brink of something Mm. here um and so yeah I would say to Nick I'm not coping Nick you've got to tell him Mm. and Nick would just be my you know she'd be my relay we've talked before and I think she said on the show she did that you two being together and being a tag team is so valuable it's brilliant and actually these things I find much more difficult to do without Nick Mm. because we we fill in the gaps. You know, yeah. if I forget what I'm saying, she'll just buffer. She'll just, because <laughs> Nick can talk for England, she'll just buffer, buffer, buffer. And I'll be, and I'll be sitting there going, what was it? What was it? <laughs> I'm sure I had a valid point. But um, you always have a valid point. Yeah, but uh, we do work really well together. And it was very hard with my depression because I honestly wanted to kill her most days. I, I found it very hard to be in the same room as Nick. I don't know why. She was almost like a trigger for me and mm. she felt... I mean, that was the worst our relationship has ever been because it was so frustrating for her, I imagine, having to kind of cover for me, but also just me being a total bastard all the time. Were you just very um, jumpy and reactionary? Yeah, totally. I I would either be silent, completely silent, Mm. or um, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. And I, I could one of my see friends, it. Yeah. I could see it, but I couldn't control it. Mm. It was like being premenstrual all the time. Mm. Was it part of? Was part of it about not being able to articulate it? Um, and maybe it was. Mm. I don't really know. Um, I don't really know what it was, or maybe it was just frustration that that Nick was in a better place than I was. Mm. You know, mentally. Um, that's a horrible thing to admit, but maybe it was. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes when you're so sad like that, Mm. you look at other people, and we do it all the time on social media, you look at other people's lives and you're like, wow, that looks good. I'm sort of sick of hearing how great everything is when it's so, so not that way for me. And and this is a thing that I frequently hear on social media. How can you be depressed? You have so much. Mm. But that doesn't work like that. Depression doesn't work like that indiscriminate absolutely I mean you can you can say to me I have two amazing kids you can say to me you know you have a great house that you own brilliant but it doesn't stop me feeling the way that I feel Mm. and in fact um in a way uh, being financially successful isolates you Mm. a lot from um look this isn't a poor me situation I mean I'm very lucky to be in that situation you have worked hard for it though of course I've worked really hard for it and and I don't feel guilty Mm. but um but what I'm saying is those things don't make you happy Mm. they just don't and you learn that and I learned that because in that time when I was depressed I just bought everything to make myself happy and it didn't make me happy Mm. you know you 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 can't drive two cars (laughs) <laughs> it's just stupid it's papering over the cracks isn't it absolutely and I did everything I could to paper over the over the cracks mm. do you think that there like you've talked about uh, being in therapy do you feel like there was there were some bits of you that needed either fixing for want of a better word or just like holes that needed filling um I think that I mean my my therapist says I was running on an old operating system so everything that I learnt all my coping mechanisms you put in place between the ages of 8 and 15. Mm. And in that time, I was living in an abusive family. So everything I learnt between 8 and 15 is how to cope in situations. And all of that was done in Mm. in an awful situation. Mm. And so they're just not healthy mechanisms. It's basically fight or flight all the time. time. And you cannot function like that because Mm. at some point your body just doesn't want to play and that's probably where those health conditions came from I dare say and you've talked about as well you talked in that video about being an overthinker Mm -hmm. and I think I overthink that that's definitely one of my issues yeah and I will come up with a billion scenarios of what could happen tonight at the dinner we're going Mm -hmm. to or the end the majority of them I'll project something where I won't come out of it very well yeah and then it will build my anxiety because I'll Mm -hmm. think I'm going to be really uncomfortable. Were you doing that kind of thing too? In that period of time, I was doing that a lot, Mm. but I was also, I mean, in the last year, 
before I found out I had depression. Mm. I was overthinking everything. And it was horrific. But I was also um, sort of slightly in a relationship with someone that was gaslighting me. So... Um, it's never going to be good. It wasn't good. It really wasn't good. And I couldn't... I, I didn't want to believe that that was the case, even though I think mm. everybody else knew that that was the case. Um, and so... Yeah, forgotten the question. Uh, it's um, just going to happen all no, the time. Sorry, my brain is. It's absolutely. It's sorry, babe. Absolutely fine. I'm in exactly the same mental space today, which I think makes this really good. Um, so yes, upbringing. Oh, bottling emotions as well. Oh God, yeah, I do that. I've always done that. Mm. I can remember my mum coming into my room, and this was probably about. It must have been like doing an exam or something like that, and she came and sat on my bed. And she's like, you've been so quiet recently. And then I just burst into tears, absolutely burst into floods of tears. And I can remember bottling things up to a point where mm. then I would just explode. And that's just, that's the way that I've been. But, but seeing a therapist mm. has helped me understand how that's very unhealthy and how yeah. I can um, work towards being better. Also, it's helped me a lot with my relationships I can see that a lot of... Because I I think I tend to have these relationships where they almost follow the same pattern. Mm. I pick the same kind of guy and then I moan about it <laughs> in like a year's time that they're the same kind of guy. Mm. Um, and it's helped me to see the mistakes before I make the mistakes. Breaking the cycle. Oh, it's brilliant. And so now I can see it and I can go, that guy is really hot, <laughs> but that's not a good situation for me to be in. Because yeah. in a year's time, I'm not going to find that hot. Mm. Breaking the cycle. And that, yeah. it's like you say about operating system. It's so funny you use that analogy because I talk about um, the fact that one of the episodes that led to the beginning of my depression was basically just going, I would, I would always say I've bottled all my emotions. I'm, I was very repressed. I'm, I find it very difficult to say what I actually think. Yeah. So it comes across that I'm whinging. Because yeah. I want someone else to validate what I'm thinking mm. or I just keep quiet and bottle it all up. And it was something happened and it was like the one remaining cell in my body that had like the true spirit of Emma Gunn yeah. went, nah, fuck this. Yeah. I'm speaking up. Yeah. She's a cockney. And um, she just, she was just like... <laughs> Is this like the GC? <laughs> did you read that interview? <laughs> it's amazing. Did, did, I want you to say, did you watch my video? How can you interview me if you didn't watch I, my video? Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I'll put a link to that in the show notes because it is the um, uh, first class in how not to do PR slash celebrity interview. You know that she actually went onto Twitter yesterday evening and went, thanks everyone. Thank you so much everyone for making me trend. Oh, I love the GC. I do love her, but I just... I love her in that kind of way. Yeah. In a kind of like... Don't like really want to look. Peering through my fingers in <laughs> yeah. agony type way. Yeah. I've been in those interviews before as well, and it's just painful. Yeah, good on good on the magazine for um, absolutely printing it. So yes, um, sorry, I had my one my one cell who went nah, fuck this yeah. shit. You're getting the fuck out of here. And then it was mm. as if in that moment my entire operating system had rebooted, and then pretty much everything in my life I was no longer compatible with. I was now Apple; they were all PC. It's amazing once you start to see those things how you see so many more of them, mm. and. I, actually, I was just talking to one of my friends about therapy and I said, I know a lot of people think it's mumbo jumbo or whatever, but I just think it's absolutely brilliant. I can honestly say that sertraline, which is an antidepressant, and my therapist, mm -hmm. Alexis, have changed my life. Yeah. Absolutely, completely changed my life. I can walk down the street now and smile and honestly feel happy. You know, I can take... Oh, this sounds so cheesy, but I can look at things and see the beauty in them, which I wasn't able mm. to before. Um yeah, I, I, they've, they've changed my life, those two things. When you were offered, because I don't know what the conversation, how the conversation mm. went, whether it was like you need to take these or whether yeah. would you like to. Yeah. But how quickly was it before? Did you feel a weight lift? Did you feel, was it a physical thing as well as a mental thing? I think thing? I didn't really want to take them. But she said, the doctor said to me, um, she said, I promise you, if you take these, you will feel better within a year. And I said, all right, fair play. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> so that was that. And I felt better within three days. So I feel like sertraline and I are quite matched. Mm. But obviously, like anything, I know that the longer you stay on them, the more you 
more your emotions flatten out. So I would like to get off them in the next sort of six months. Really. You know, there's a trend talking about flatlining. There is a trend for, um, I read about it on the internet of all places, right. can you imagine, for people who aren't particularly happy in their lives to do something called flatlining where they deliberately don't have any reactions to things so that they can never, so that as much as they don't get excited, they never get low. Wow. So it's a self-imposed flatlining of mood and emotion. That's horrible. It, I, when I read about it, I thought I would... Ha- if I know anyone who's doing that, I want to find them immediately. That's, that would be horrible because that is how I felt when I was depressed. Mm. That's like putting yourself into depression. You just feel nothing all the time. And you also, you also said something which I thought was spot on. The first time I watched the video, it was the day that you... Mm-hmm. It was when it went out... I watched it the second it went live. You're a committed follower. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag stalker. Um, And then I watched the live you did afterwards, and you talked about it takes the joy out of everything. I watched it because I really wanted to hear what you had to say about Mm. it, because I have been through something, and I thought, I really want to know what Sam's take is on it. And interestingly, and what I hope is of value to the listener, is um, everyone's experience of depression is slightly different but there are some similar pillars. Definitely. And for me as well, yeah, the joy, taking the joy out of everything was one of them. It's like a great big fun sponge. (laughs) It really is. It just sits there. Coming to real techniques. (laughs) (laughs) Fun sponge. Um, Yeah, it's it's really... Yeah, it's just so depressing. (laughs) It's the only way to put it. Do you think it's a good thing that it happened and you got diagnosed? Yeah, totally. In terms of talking about the software updates and talking about breaking cycles, do you think you're now going to live a better life? Do you know what? I've been single for a year and this has honestly been, certainly in the last four months, I would say, the first time I've been happy to be single. The first time I've sat there and gone, do you know what? I'm all right. And until something amazing comes along, Mm. I'm just going to be cool here. Mm. And that's a lovely position to be in. And it's not because I'm defined by relationships or anything, but it's just that I know that I have issues with men Mm. because of my dad. And I've gone from a relationship to relationship to relationship, being the controlling force in those relationships because I wasn't the controlling force in my childhood. Mm. And therefore, I've picked these guys that I can... um, Destroy is the wrong kind of word, but, you know, like, that I can um, be in a position of power Mm -hmm. with. And that's very unhealthy. Mm. It's not good for them. It's not good for me. And so until I feel like I'm in a better place, Mm. then being single is a great position to be in. So that is one of the ways that I feel really good about it. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I think without... Without knowing that I had depression, I would just still be going on thinking, this is me. Mm. And it wasn't me. Yeah. You know, it's so nice to, be, to, to get that kind of validation that mm. I'm, not, I'm not this unfun person. There yeah. is another, you know, because for, for ages, that was just my life, just faking it all the time. There were, it, it is really comforting to know there's something else going on here. And Absolutely. Actually, you don't have control over it. So no. don't beat yourself up about being... A dick. Yeah, totally. <laughs> to your mates. Yeah. Um, you also did something. You started um, running. Yeah. And you started signing up for things, thinking if I sign up for that, then people who do that sort of stuff, I'm guessing, I'm putting yeah. words into your mouth, but um, people who do that sort of thing are happier. Than I, I did a lot of stupid things. <laughs> In that time, loads of stupid things that I thought would make me happy mm-hmm. because other people looked happy. Yeah. And also because I felt like I needed to be this person for someone else. Yeah. And not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, actually, it was a good thing to sign up for, for the marathon, as yeah. it turned out, because it turned out very well, but, and because I learned a lesson from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I signed up for the marathon. What was the lesson that you learned from it? One, you should cha- train for a marathon. It's a really <laughs> bad idea, right? It's a really bad idea to do a half marathon, no, not even a full marathon. It's yeah. a very bad idea to try and run 13 miles mm-hmm. without training and without warming up. Ooh, okay, dear. so, oh, so um, that's the number one lesson. The, uh, the second lesson I learned was actually I really quite enjoyed it. Mm. And um, it was great raising money for charity. So I certainly don't regret it. Mm. Um, and it started me on a path of just realising that I'd always tried to run for the wrong reasons. So I always wanted to be a runner, desperately. 
but once my boobs were too big, you know, and I felt embarrassed, or and I'd, I'd buy all the gear, I'd put my headphones, like my wireless headphones in, and then I'd go out running, and then I couldn't get it, get the headphones to sync up to my Apple Watch, or the battery would run out, and it would just ruin my whole running experience. Mm-hmm. But I was running for the wrong reasons. And now I just run for me. And I don't always run, sometimes I walk. And mm-hmm. if I get a little bit knackered, I walk. And then I run a little bit, and I walk a little bit, and sometimes I just walk completely you know and if I don't feel like going I don't go so I do it because I want to and not because I want to be thin or I want toned arms Mm -hmm. or you know I want to look like the kind of person that runs and when I actually did the marathon I did it with um my brother John's girlfriend Rose who's just lovely she decided to do it with me and she's she did no training either, and we just <laughs> laughed our way around the course for 13 God, miles. Amazing. Yeah, it was brilliant. We ran about five miles of it somehow. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, because I saw that you had signed up for it, mm. and I did a half marathon in 2012. Yeah. And I would say, I think it's very safe to say I became a running bore for a good year before that. I started running... And I would run every morning. It was probably wow. like six, seven times a week I would do 6K. And then I did the half marathon. And I became a running ball. And I remember saying just before the marathon, just for your marathon, mm. saying to, in all likelihood, Nadine Baggett, fair play to Chappers, because she's not become a running ball. And I was a real, like, all I could talk about was my running, my training. And she was like, yeah, no, she hasn't actually. And That's because I never ran. I was in complete denial about the fact that I'd signed up for it. Complete denial. I didn't even start raising money until the week before mm. because I was so like, uh, I'm just going to pretend it's not happening and maybe it won't happen. But what was it that actually made you do it? Because honestly, that morning, if I hadn't, if I'd only just told people about it, I think I might have piked out. I think I might have just went, nah, nah, fuck it. What made me sign up for it or what made me run it? What made you actually get up that morning and go, do you know what, let's just see what happens? Because my family are idiots <laughs> and I stupidly convinced them to do it with me. Ah. So my mum agreed to it and Ian agreed to it. Nick agreed to it, but then she tore her ACL so she managed to get out of it. Um, I would have taken a, like a torn ACL. I mean, if I'd have torn my ACL skiing, I would have been like, brilliant, don't have to do them. And I'm not even joking. Mm. It would have been the perfect out for me, but there wasn't an out. So, and because I'd agreed to do it for Macmillan, I felt a sense of responsibility. Yeah. And also, you know, Brian, Brian was in agony for six months with cancer. I only have to run 13 miles. Mm. That's it. And that's what made me do it. Yeah. It was like, come on, get a grip. Mm. If I'm honest, I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't train. Does that mean that you're going to do it again next year? Absolutely, I'm going to do it again. I'm absolutely doing it again. I don't know that I'll train. <laughs> I'm telling myself I'm going to train, but I don't want to put that pressure on myself anymore. I'm trying not. I'm trying this thing where I don't put pressure on myself. I think that's the most important thing that I definitely have since being in therapy yeah. is, right, how do you feel today, Emma? I'm not feeling that great. That's fine. In which case go easy be kind yeah. to yourself whereas in the past it'd be like you're not feeling great you're not going to achieve that today mm-hmm. you can't go to the gym therefore you're a loser yeah and that was my internal it's true someone dialogue. did a i did a podcast the other week and someone said to me and they always end podcasts with this question so what's next for you and i said <laughs> and i said do you know what i don't know what's next for me i'll tell you what i know it is next for me and what is next for me is just being happy where I am, mm. not moving towards the next thing. Because actually moving towards the next thing, while it's got us into this great position where, we've, where we are now, mm. um, it also got me into a situation with depression. Mm. Because if you're not able to live in the moment and you're constantly thinking about, I'll be happy when I get there, I'll be happy mm. when I have this, I'll be happy when... You never are happy when mm. you get those things. You have to be happy now. Mm. I have to be happy in this room when I'm talking to you doing this podcast. If I agree to do it, it's because I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing that I'm doing now. I've lessened my workload by agreeing to only do things that I want to do with people that I like and enjoy spending time with. Mm-hmm. That's really important. That's number one. And, you know, just just chilling out, spending time with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like Sundays, we go for a roast over the road. Really simple stuff. Mm-hmm. But actually being able to for the three of us to just go over the pub, take a book each, sit there in silence reading books and eating food mm. is is a luxury because I wasn't able to enjoy those moments mm-hmm. before. 
I didn't feel anything. And, I, and that people probably think I'm some kind of monster to say that, but that's the truth. I just, every single second of my life, I didn't want to be in. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be somewhere else. And so if, if that option, and that's why I said, did I think about suicide? No, I didn't think about suicide, but I wouldn't have cared mm. if I wasn't here. And I know that's so selfish, but it just is the situation with depression. Totally. It takes you to some fucked up dark places. It really does. It really absolutely does. It took me all sorts of places. You're right. Yeah, you could see I was about to cry. It's just yeah. because I was... Um, uh, I did some filming the other day and they asked me... The, the exactly, uh, not what's next. They asked me, where are you happiest? Yeah. And I said, right here, right now. And I've worked fucking hard to be able to say that. You have to be. Mm. You, it's, it- hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's, it's like... Someone said to me uh, recently that he'd had a conversation with someone and and they'd given him one of the best bits of wisdom and he told me what it was. And that was that uh, what's the most important moment of your life right now? Yeah. Right now, this second is the most important moment of my life. Mm. Not like, you know, when I passed my driving test or when I had my kids, they were great moments, Mm. brilliant moments. But right now, just being alive, being in this moment and being able to feel this moment Mm. when you haven't been connected to it, you value it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You just stop being numb. Yeah. And it makes you... I'm curious as to whether... I think we might have already covered this off. It just makes you make different decisions as well as with work. But also, do you feel as though it has altered your relationships, family relationships, friendships, for the positive... Yeah. Because what I have noticed is that I'm different fundamentally. Like that Mm. software update, I'm different. And the people around me have had to adapt. And quite a few people are no longer in my life. Yeah. But it feels like I'm drawing the amazing people who I'm really, really happy to have in my life. Absolutely. I've learned a lot. I've worked, I'm working on a lot of new, exciting relationships and friendships. Mm. Um, with a lot of great women, to be honest, mm-hmm. because, I don't know, obviously it goes back to all these issues I had with men, but all of my friends for years and years and years were men. Mm. And that didn't necessarily work out so well. You know, so last year, I've kept a few, but I've had a little bit of a clear out and I've let some of them go. Mm. You know, that, that it just wasn't necessarily the best thing for me anymore. Um, and... I suppose when I was younger, I, di- I didn't really feel like I got on that well with girls. But I love women. Mm. I love their company. Some women, I just, you know, I went out for dinner with a friend of mine, Lauren, and a new girl, I'd met her that night, Hannah, and we laughed until we cried. <laughs> right? Now, to be able to laugh until you cry yeah. is something that you don't get when you have depression. Yeah. And in that moment... And I, maybe that was in the first week that I started to feel like I've turned a corner here. Mm-hmm. This is massive. Um, in that moment, I was just like, I love women. I love female company. Mm-hmm. And these are things, these are relationships that I have to work on more because mm-hmm. I've definitely um, not seen the value in it in the past. You so, know yeah. what Baggers always says? She says, you want to be the girl in the old people's home who's at the back of the like rec room with a gaggle of women having a giggle. Absolutely. Yeah, she's absolutely right. (laughs) Um, 
so you know that that's great i definitely mm. have um i definitely have lost some friends not over the depression but just over i've just let them go because maybe mm. i didn't feel the support or maybe they just didn't understand it or yeah. whatever but some people were absolutely brilliant some people were better than i thought they would be my family were amazing mm. yeah and I think the important thing as well is it sounds mean to say I had to let people go or yeah. that friendship ended. But actually when it's self-preservation, you, you have it's that thing of putting yourself first and going, but if I kept that friendship in my life, I might not be as happy or... I think that's true, but I think, let's be completely honest, I don't think any of those people that I've let go give a damn or have even noticed that I've let them go. Because the only reason those relationships continued for so long was because I put the effort in. Right. They didn't. And so, therefore, it wasn't that hard. Mm. You know, at some point, you have to look at, you know, is this being reciprocated? Is yeah, this... Yeah. And, and it definitely wasn't. So. And there wasn't any push-pull when you just phased, no. pulled away? No. I probably will hear from them in, like, six, ten months when they notice that I'm not around <laughs> anymore. But I don't think... Maybe not. Maybe if I never put in the effort... They wouldn't, mm. and it could have ended a lot longer, lots um, earlier. Do you ever feel that you almost not have to put out a statement because obviously you did your mm. video? But do you ever feel when you do see somebody after a little while, you have to? Because this is a dilemma I'm having. Yeah, so I'm asking you as a fellow depressive. Yeah. Um, I sometimes feel like I almost have to say, you know, those two years when you couldn't really get hold of me and I was a bit yeah. meh, meh, meh. It's because this was going on. Mm -hmm. I know you've done the video, it's a slightly different situation, but have you ever felt that you need to justify any of it? Or do you just one-on-one? -on -one? Um, no, I think all my friends that are close have known me for such a long time, mm. and I've always been like that to some degree. Mm. So I think they get it. Yeah, I don't feel, feel like I have to tell anyone anything. No. I'm definitely one of those people that um, this is how it is. That's how it was. I'm not going to apologise. It just is. My friend Tim rang me the other day and I saw his name flash up on my phone and it was Father's Day and I felt a bit sad and I thought, do you know what? If I pick up this phone call, I'm just going to pretend to be happy. Mm -hmm. So I'm just not going to. I didn't answer the phone and then I just forgot to call him back and then yesterday he called me. He's like, I called you and I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I told him, actually, I said, do you know, I just didn't feel like talking to him. I had a bad day, didn't feel like talking. And that was that. Mm. So that's as much as I explain myself, really. Right. And because they all know, because now that I know, it's important they all know, mm -hmm. they're like, okay, fair enough. And they also know not to say, oh, well, if you ever feel a bit like that, why don't you, uh, why don't you call me and I'll come round? Because that's literally the last thing I want. Please don't come round. I don't want to have to make, I don't want to have to make conversation mm. and entertain you because that's, even though I'm not, mm -hmm. that's how you feel when you're a depressed yeah, person. Yeah. You feel like you're having to put on that kind of front. It's a lot of effort to be a really shit version of yourself. Absolutely. For other yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. Um, the thing I was curious about then with other people is you said in your video about things not to say to people who are depressed. Yeah. And I thought that was such a valuable addition to that video. Mm. Um which is why I asked you the question when Dom said, I think you might, I don't know, again, don't know his words, mm. but I think you might de be depressed. I'm booking you an appointment. He didn't actually say the word depressed. I know uh, that. Okay. He said, I think you should see someone about that. I'd obviously said something that he felt that he could, you know, shoehorn that in. Mm -hmm. um, that sometimes people can say things and it's really clunky. Mm -hmm. And so he obviously did it in a really good way. Yeah. But you also said, don't tell people to cheer up don't tell people to cheer up don't tell people oh you know you've got two kids you should be happy uh you know don't tell people that they've got a nice house mm -hmm. you know these are not things that make you happy at yeah. all uh other things are <laughs> go to the gym yeah if i <laughs> That do you, that's one that people say all the time. Yeah, yeah. Go to the gym; it's really good for your mental uh, health. You know, mental health. Blah blah blah. Do you I don't want to go to the gym. Exactly. Do you know how hard it is for me to leave the house, let mm. alone get my gym kit and and go to the gym? I don't want to do that. It's very hard when you're depressed mm. to make yourself do things you don't want to do. 
the gym thing comes into play once you've clawed your way out of it a bit. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree. I just retweeted this morning, Joe Rogan, huge podcaster mm. in the States, had a guy called Ari Shafir on and he was talking about his depression and he's... And, I've often, I like Joe Rogan, but he often says, you know, if you're depressed, go for a hike, go for a run. It's like, you don't realize I'm carrying two metric tons of emotional weight Absolutely. on my shoulders. I can't even stand up straight. And Ari Schaffer actually said, I think that's how you say his name, said, it used to really piss me off when you said that. Yeah. I couldn't even walk to the bathroom without getting no. exhausted. No. Let alone go to the gym. Um, the other one is like, um, it's no wonder you're depressed. You know, you haven't, you haven't changed your clothes for a few days. It's no wonder you're depressed. You haven't opened your curtains. It's no wonder you're depressed because you're doing such and such in your life. Mm. Yeah, that's not helping. Mm-mm. If what, what was the thing that would... What's the thing that you do think is a good thing to say? Um, I don't know that saying things is necessarily the best thing mm-hmm. to say. I think that showing support is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... And even though we might not like it, it's good to just show up at mm-hmm. someone's house if you haven't seen them for a while and just check in. Yeah. The depressed person will not like that, but it does show that somebody gives a damn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think it's about what you say. There's been a lot on social media recently as well about all of these things because there have been two very high-profile deaths with Anthony Bourdain and um, Kate Spade. And I've seen lots of people uh, post that... Um, meme isn't the right word but the quote that says check on your strongest friend Mm -hmm. because sometimes as you said to all intents and purposes you look like you're living the best life and yet there was something going on beneath the surface and it took someone close to you to say the saddest thing is you know you should be happy you Mm -hmm. feel so guilty that you're not Mm -hmm. because you have all this stuff you've worked so hard for all this stuff you thought you'd be happy when you had it all but you're Mm -hmm. not why aren't you what's wrong with me and then what's it like when you go to a launch? Like, Because I've been to your launches and mm-hmm. there's like a queue of people who want to meet you. And that is, let's just call it what it is, it's like adoration and respect and all of like the good words. Yeah. And yet, was it just that your body was almost like naturally just put a force field up against it and just like, I don't believe it or I can't accept it or... I mean, at those events, I just get, I just go into a different me. Yeah, yeah. It's not me. Mm. Um, I find those very hard Mm. to do because I don't always have things to say and I sort of rely on Nick a bit and when people tend to meet us quite frequently they just go quiet so we have to fill the voids and I'm not great at that I'm not a small talk person at all Mm. I'm the person that's going to be at the end of the table talking about relationships and deeper stuff that's my big thing. I can't do small talk. I, I find it unbelievably draining. I do too. I'm rubbish at it as well. Nick is amazing at it. <laughs> She's just amazing at it. And that's why we're such a good team. Yeah. I can do the heavier stuff, mm-hmm. as can she. But but she's just she will nail it when it comes to just talking crap for mm. hours and hours and hours. Like, brilliant. It's a skill. Oh, it An really unbelievable is. skill that I do not possess, nor do I want to possess it. No. Although it would have been useful over the years. <laughs> Um, no. I, I, I just can't do it. You talk about having had sleep paralysis. I wonder yes. in the run-up to the diagnosis mm-hmm. of depression whether you had any sleep issues with things like insomnia. Yeah, or the I like. had insomnia. How did it manifest? Was it the two o'clock every night without four, fail? 4 a.m. every single morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so frustrating. It's I had no idea rest. that was connected to depression no. until the doctor told me. But yeah, and I haven't had sleep paralysis since... Hmm, my early 30s, I would say. That's the worst. Oh, that's about 10 years ago. Oh, that's the worst. But did you know that once you know what sleep paralysis is, it's not the same? It doesn't... Once you know what it is, mm. because your mind is awake, but your body's asleep, mm-hmm. you can tell yourself it's sleep paralysis. Yeah. And then you can snap yourself out of it, and mm-hmm. that's fine. But when I was a kid, because I used to get it from... I can remember getting it at seven. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can remember. Terrifying. Um, and I got it weekly but I never told anyone I just oh my god I thought I was possessed I thought there was witches in my rooms or a demon that lived in my room sometimes I'd think we were being burgled um yeah because sleep paralysis for anyone who's listening who's not sure it's where your brain wakes up and is working mm. perfectly as if you were, as if it was daytime but your body 
you is, can't move paralyzed yeah you can't move and often you feel pressure on your chest mm-hmm. like there's a little um like there's a presence in the room yeah. or there's someone sitting on your chest putting pressure on you you're normally laying on your back when it happens mm-hmm. um there's a yeah. very famous painting of somebody in bed with the gar is thing is it gargoyle is, or is something is that succubus or probably so, yes yeah but yes, yeah, that is someone's chest. totally sleep paralysis. And yeah, I I had it. I've had it a few times, and it is absolutely terrifying because with me, it's like the thing is getting closer, and there's nothing I can do. And I try to shout, and my mouth is moving a bit, mm. and I'm like, Ugh. intense anxiety dreams. Those are. Mm. Are you? Is, is anxiety manifesting itself? I get no still? anxiety anymore. Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> I'm not I'm not recommending drugs to people but god it's changed my life. I get no anxiety, nothing. Mm. And I'm one of those people <laughs> that has to test the boundaries. And because I knew that <laughs> yes. I'm terrible for this. I know what you're going to say now. Because well. I know that coffee was one of my triggers. I I'm I've actively tried to drink as many coffees as I can <laughs> in a day to see when my anxiety kicks in so that I've got a measure of it. Well, I've done 5 and I don't get any I'm not doing five a day. I mean, I've done five, five to see. I couldn't drink more than five in a day anyway. But um, That's yeah. You, your wee smells like sugar puffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do love coffee. But yeah, no anxiety. How amazing is that? Because that it is be, an anti-anxiety drug. That must be really freeing. It's amazing. Because we've talked, we've talked about this offline and mm. the fact that I have no issue with taking antidepressants. Yeah. But I felt like my depression was caused by making bad life decisions. Yeah. So if I'm started making good life decisions then I would that was my rationale in Mm -hmm. my head um but you have to be in the headspace to make good decisions it's not that easy yeah so it's been slow and it's not linear yeah that's the thing but is it linear with the sertraline I find it do you still have are there any bad days when you're just like actually I can feel a bit of a not many Mm. uh I had one on father's day but that that was to be expected yeah um not many and even Not if really. you did, I guess you've got the coping mechanism. Absolutely. I, I'm in such a good position to make good decisions now, whereas I certainly wasn't before. It's so, That's what I mean about depression being the thing that actually helps you, mm-hmm. the diagnosis, yeah. helping you live your best life from that point forward. For sure. I've always been so destructive of my own happiness, of my own life. And I wonder if I was destructive because I wanted to destroy myself. Because for a while, I wanted to disappear. Just disappear. Mm. Um, And I've always been one of those people that's like, I am going to disappear. I'm just going to go to a hotel and just no one will know where I am for for a night or two. But that kind of destructive behaviour, I don't really have any ambition to continue it anymore. Mm. And I wonder if that's depression. I think so, and I rem- and I don't want to bring everything back to RuPaul, mm. but unfortunately, it's very <laughs> pertinent in this instance. So when I was shutting myself off in the world, I can hide a lot more easily than you, because you have close family yeah. who live yeah. very near you. I don't, mm-hmm. so I would tell my friends I was with my family, and my family I was with my friends, and I'd be Smart. by myself and isolate myself. And I was listening to RuPaul and Michelle Visage one day, and RuPaul was talking about the internal saboteur. Yeah, I was listening to this podcast and I was like, it's Rue, it's fantastic. And then he said, what the internal saboteur wants is to get you alone so it can kill you. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd been alone for like three weeks on the trot, like not hadn't spoken to anyone apart from post office workers and baristas. Yeah. And it was the thing that made me go, holy shit, mm. the, the saboteur is winning. I don't know what I thought I was going to do when I disappeared, mm. but I just wanted to disappear mm. weird isn't it no but I get it it's almost like you want to break from your life yeah even though you don't hate your life no not at all but I had my kids quite young mm. so I think that maybe I felt like I'd missed out on something mm. I hadn't I was I had a completely misspent childhood youth you know mm. so I definitely didn't miss out on anything but maybe that's just the selfishness that you have when you're in your early to late 20s that, well, certainly I had, mm. um, where I, yeah, I just probably wasn't ready to have kids. But thank God I had them. Mm. I love my girls so much and they're so brilliant. You're live the other day when you, I think it was Sunday morning, yeah. you were doing your makeup 
And was it Lily? No, Lily's the old eldest. Yeah, Ollie. Ollie was doing spins in the kitchen and it was oh, so could you see adorable. It? She's into dancing at the moment. It's the most amazing thing. It was so cute. I was like, I can't look away now. It's, Screw the makeup. What's she she's the she's so brilliant. Um, I really, she really, really loves dancing, but she doesn't. She doesn't think that she doesn't want a teacher. She doesn't want to go to dance classes because mm. they always make her do stuff she doesn't want to do. She doesn't want to. She only wants to dance in her way. She's really into these shows like Dance Mums or The Next Step or whatever. Oh, amazing. like absolutely loves them. So she she likes that kind of really emotive dancing, yeah. and she's great at it. But last night she was doing it. Mum, mum, watch me. Brilliant, <laughs> love it that she lets me watch her. And then she then she really hurt her knee. And I said, darling, this is why you need a teacher mm-hmm. because they will help you warm up and help you do all this stuff. You know, get it right. You don't think that. You know, you don't think that I got good at makeup without someone teaching me or that daddy got good at graphic design without a teacher. Yeah. And, and yeah, she got upset because she thought I was saying she was a terrible dancer, which, of course, I wasn't. Oh, no. But, it's a, you know, she's just a sensitive age, really. But she's great. She Nine. So is it recently that she started letting you watch? Because the kids yes. go through a phase yes. where they're like... Yes, only, only last week she started letting me watch dance. So cute. It's adorable. Do you have they said anything to you, articulated anything to you, like since you've been on the sertraline, just to sort of? Yes. Yeah. My kids have said. Um, they've said as much, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because I've been very honest with them. I've told yeah. them the situation. I told them that I found out I had depression. I told them that I was taking tablets for mm-hmm. it, and you know, both of them have said, "Oh, you've been great. You've been so much better since you've been on tablets. You seem much happier," oh, which is lovely. really lovely. That's yeah. really lovely. I asked Nick this, and I'm just curious. Mm. You did, she did her video on MS yeah. a year ago, actually, mm-hmm. this week, I think. And you did your video on depression. Yeah. Now, one is very physical, mm-hmm. and one is mental. Yeah. And I wondered if you noticed a difference in how they were received. Um, because of the stigma. I think they were both, both received very well. Mm-hmm. But I think depression is much more common than MS. So mm-hmm. perhaps... Um, I think more people definitely more people watched Nick's Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure how many of those people related to it in a way that they understood what was going on or they were just watching it because Mm. it was very dramatic which it it Mm. was and heartbreaking I still haven't been able to watch the whole video yeah Um, especially you know with depression at the time I was like I just can't even put myself into this Mm emotional space um but yeah so I think that I think Nick's video probably helped a lot more people because an awful lot of people who would have MS or have a disease similar to MS would have watched that and Mm -hmm. gone oh my god that's someone that I can relate to yeah. that I know that has something and is living mm. with it and living with it fine yeah. and has done for five years mm. whereas depression a lot of people have it and a lot of people still think it isn't a thing yes it's just a you know just you know pop your lipstick on and out you go go and get some daylight I know go and get some colour in your cheeks no please leave me you know alone. yeah absolutely you just put yourself on my shit list immediately yeah. mine was my one where I was like this is the end of this I can't be around this energy Mm. was when somebody said you just see everything is black oh brilliant like right okay great but you know they don't get it and (laughs) this is the thing I don't expect everyone to get it and Mm. I and I think you're very lucky if you if you've experienced life without having you know experienced any depression or any anxiety and therefore I don't blame you for not getting it. Because, but um, there's a report saying that most people, particularly in the modern way mm. that we live with social media, etc., mm-hmm. will have between three and five depressive episodes. Now, they might be mild, sure. they might be severe, but in, today, in, in this day and age, we will all experience some sort of what is classified as depression. Yeah. So for me, having these conversations is really important and people being open about it is really vital. Absolutely, and I think that, there was, that a lot of people have responded to me with that Mm -hmm. you know thank you so much for talking about it because a lot of people are just embarrassed to talk about it Mm. because it just doesn't feel like it's a thing Mm. but it is a thing and I know it's a thing because I'm so much better now (laughs) than I was last year yeah when I honestly I class myself as having been ill yeah which I wouldn't have done before Mm. 
but now I can I can see I was really ill last year and I'm not now what I've noticed about you and Sam as well is that you're Sam you and Nick you get that all the time don't you so used to it people are even commenting on Nick's um my Instagram with Nick's post the other day saying I've got so much respect for Sam doing that and I was like that's really odd and then I've just done it no it's, it's totally normal um the thing I've noticed about you both is that shit happens yeah and you deal with it and then you are pragmatic about it yeah and you don't you don't wallow there's no you go I was ill last year I can see that now whereas I still as you've seen during this chat Mm. still get a bit misty-eyed because when I think about how depressed I was and how alone I felt that makes me feel sad that that is Mm. an experience that I have that I can remember Mm. so I think I'm trying to follow your example of it happened you're doing all the right things to get over it just move on yeah oh I suppose it's just Nick and I and our whole family really have quite a high threshold of of what is kind of a big deal mm-hmm. because we experienced so many quite frightening things when we were growing up mm. uh, some things don't feel like such a big deal anymore you just get on with it yeah. we had to get on with far worse so it's pretty easy for us to just go Oh, well. But that's yeah. why I think it's really valuable that you've spoken about things like this because mm. you're, the way that you deal with things is actually, if I'm looking at you, listening to you and thinking, actually, yeah, it did happen. It wasn't great, but maybe don't linger on it too much. Don't d- dwell on it. It did happen. It wasn't great. But the important thing is that I'm moving away from it now. Mm-hmm. If I was still in the same situation, I don't think that I would be as good yeah. but I'm not as soon as I realised that there was a problem thank you Dom for pointing it out mm-hmm. but as soon as I realised there was a problem I started to work on my behaviour to lessen the problem mm-hmm. and and taking the antidepressants also helped with that mm. do you ever worry about relapsing or it coming back or do you think no because no? I think I'll be able to know those signs now mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah I mean once you've experienced it you know what it is right yeah and so that's when you're like, mm. I'm not sleeping, therefore I'll take magnesium, yeah, I'll do yoga sure. before bed, I will start meditating, mm-hmm. you do all the things. Did you do any of that stuff? Like, did you do any of the meditating? Or I tried, <laughs> and I actually got not too bad at it, but um, it got it bored me a bit mm. after a while, and then I stopped. Because I can only really do things that make me happy. It didn't make me yeah. happy. It just bored me. I would like to be the person that wakes up in the morning and makes a green juice and meditates but that isn't me but meditating is anything where you can turn your brain off for a period of time so that could be just laying in the bath not Mm. thinking about anything all you have to do is master the skill of actually being able to not think about anything else than being in the moment you're in Mm. you don't have to sit there and listen to like kumbaya or whatever you don't have to Mm. you don't have to sit in a yoga pose and you don't have to do yoga all you have to do is be in the moment Mm. and not think about work or anything else other than the moment you're in and the body you're in yeah and if you can do that you're meditating because there is also the saying don't believe everything you think yeah and if one is an overthinker mm-hmm. that can really make it hard to cut to shut your mind off mm-hmm. because your mind wants to go and what about this scenario and what about this and what about this and this person probably thinks this of you and remember that party that you went to where this i have this on-running joke with um it's not even a joke because with georgie dawson yeah where we talk about having um, post-party paranoia. Do you get beer tears? This is something that I have noticed. The link between alcohol and depression is quite quite strong. Oh uh, it's a depressant. Very much so. The day after I've been drinking, if mm-hmm. I have a few drinks, I absolutely know I'm not going to feel very good mentally. I absolutely know it. I prepare yeah. myself for it, and I have to say to myself, is it worth mm. tomorrow? Yeah, and I'm not talking about being sick or having hangovers no, or anything no, no, like no. that. This is something else. Mm. It's just a deep wallowing sadness that you're definitely going to get, or I do anyway. A hundred percent, and that's why I did it for Twenty Six Habits because actually, yeah. I I realised I had, even though I don't think I drink to excess regularly mm-hmm. or anything like that, I do think that there are times when I drink and it's I'm doing it for the wrong reason like I had dinner with Bagot on Monday night yeah and I'd um it was my last day at this job and I was like yeah we need to celebrate we need to celebrate and I said oh, I'll get a cocktail when we get there and when the cop when they handed me the cocktail list it there there was like some sort of pina so you got a thing. bottle of something didn't you no 
I went, actually, I don't really want, I don't really like the look of any of those. And then our food came and she said, are you going to get a cocktail? And I said, actually, I don't really fancy it. And she said, but you wanted one because you thought you needed one because you needed yeah. to celebrate. That's why it's great going out with Bagger. But <laughs> I know, she's so analytical. So, um, Dr. Bagger. She is. Dr. Bagger's. If she had a prescription pad, I would let her look after me. <laughs> She'd see me, right? Thyroid tested. Absolutely. Happy on everything. Um, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Sam, thank you for talking so freely and openly. Anytime. Uh, maybe next year I can have another illness and I can come back and talk. To- I feel like all I do is bang on about being ill. No, no. You'll come back and we'll talk about like being a business owner and like taking over the world. Yes, that's that, also, that's also that. part of your story. Well, that is part of my story, but I'm planning on doing less of that next year and more hanging out with my kids, yes. being a mum and enjoying life and, you know, looking at the beauty in things rather than pushing for world domination. Because actually, I don't think world domination is going to make me happy, babes. I'll be honest. Isn't that a brilliant thing to know? So at least you can come down to the thing that, not come down, but you can now go, well, what will? Hanging out with my kids. Absolutely. Well, there you go. I mean, if I hadn't known I had depression, I wouldn't have got to this point. So it's actually a good thing. Totally, totally a good thing. Thank you again. Um, If you have enjoyed this episode and you would like to leave a review for it on Apple Podcasts, I think both Sam and I would like you to leave five stars. We would, (laughs) but we'll also be absolutely amazed because I'm not convinced that any of my answers have been at all cohesive (laughs) in this whole thing. So um, I I hope that you've enjoyed it and please do leave five stars. I think you underestimate yourself. Until the next time, (laughs) Sam Chapman. Bye, Emma. Thank you so much for tuning in. It was a delight to have you with me. If you would like to get in touch with the show, please remember it's so, so easy. You can just email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. One of my favourite things is to see that inbox ping with messages from you guys so please don't be shy you can also slide into my dms on instagram where i'm at emma gums and if you want to leave a review if you've enjoyed this episode or if you found it of value please do head over to apple Podcasts, acast or wherever it is that you download or stream this show and click the subscribe button hit the five stars and maybe write a couple of sentences about what you have enjoyed it has been a delight to have your company thank you so much for tuning in and i will see you on the next one the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.